Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Someday we're going to take this show on the road. Oh, hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and we are live in, I don't know where we are, Atlanta, I, Georgia I think we're in uh, John's Creek. That's the velvet tones of Mr. Lou Lita you That's may hear. That's right. Back. Also in the room, Mr. Christian Schlick. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. Before I get to this week's topic... I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail. I'm not going to answer, but it's, it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601 564 8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. So, this episode, this is the culmination of the big live golf remotes that I've been talking about for weeks and weeks on end. And, and many, many podcast episodes about the problems and the toils. But I am in Atlanta with Christian and Lulita, and we've just wrapped the final road trip event for, not for the year, but for the bulk of them. There's four left. We have a West Coast swing, which is not a driving event. But Christian, you have been on the road for me for... Almost 40 days. 39 days, 17 hours, 25 minutes. You, I'm just kidding. You look a little road weary. Yeah, he's got a scraggly beard and long hair. So when we when we were talking about this back in you know October and the plans and, and not everything went as scripted, certainly not, not that we expected it to go exactly as scripted, but now that you've been on the road for 40 days, what was your assessment of the, of the project? So I, I would say at first off the bat that 40 days is much longer once you're in it. than when you look at the calendar, it definitely seems like, you know, oh, yeah, I could do seven, six and a half weeks on the road without missing my home or friends, family, etc. But um, it's a little straining uh, once you get to week five. But, you know, you when you, when you're occupied with challenges and work such as the stuff that we do, it definitely helps fulfill some of that, you know, outside of your normal life brain capacity. How much additional pressure did the whole COVID quarantine news cycle pandemic you know factor into that into the stress into the weariness or the joy i don't know you know some people react differently to the pressures of it's one thing to be on the road 
for those days. I mean, you're not married, but you, you know, you have a girlfriend, but you're not in the same level of commitment as say a Lulita or myself. So under normal circumstances, a road trip like this is tough, but then you throw in the whole Corona component. Right. So how did that impact the travel, the work, all of this stuff off the bat? It's like a looming cloud in, in, in your, you know, thoughts every day from planning to the first day on the road. It's, it's there and it's a calculated risk that you have to take in order to commit to a project like this. But, you know, I would, you know, back to what Lolita says, the PPPPP, you gotta, you gotta plan accordingly to properly, you know, assess how you're going to go about doing this as safe as possible, being out in, in public and, you know, we're not in crowded places, but at there's certain times when you have to really, you know, go about things with certain precision and, and safety. And, uh, you know, we did, and, you know, we brought all the proper PPE and, uh, we made plans for, you know, Airbnbs as opposed to hotels and much more or less lower traffic areas that to avoid it being out in public, you know, no indoor dining or as limited as possible. But, you know, in re- regards to quarantining, I think that, the whole reason we were on the road is to not go back home to potentially expose, you know, our loved ones, our family, our friends, stuff like that. So that's almost, you know, I, I considered being on the road, the glue that held this road trip to get, or this project together. It, it was, it was the important component in being able to being able to make this work. And, and part of the reason was that these were, Golf events that normally there'd be 50 people at, guests and big crew and pro golfers. And really now, even my client wasn't on site. The only people on site were the video crew and the golfer and maybe the golfer's agent. And these are pro golfers. So we were concerned about not contaminating anything including the pro golfers career and that was that was a factor so we decided that a road trip was the safest way to approach it keep you guys sort of bubbled and isolated and let you go between cities it was mostly along the east coast we we sent you first to atlanta and then down to houston then back to atlanta then back to houston then down to tampa and back to atlanta and and we're in atlanta Shut up, sit down. But now we're in Atlanta and we're basically done with the driving component of the road trip. Yep. But there was a moment in this trip that really, I think, shocked all of us, including myself. Yeah, it got a little hairy. We had a double city event on a Monday and we had you in Atlanta with the truck and the other Lou Cortez, not the Lou leader that's sitting here, the the grandpa, as we call him. We had, uh, you guys were in Atlanta, and Lou Lita and I were in Las Vegas, and we spoke about this on a previous podcast, but we were basically doing two golfers in two different cities, and they were being you know, put together by this AV company uh, in a Zoom meeting, and that was... You know, that by itself was very frantic and hectic in the whole communication part. And then because of the logistics, I had a second crew in Houston, but we needed some of the pieces 
that were in Atlanta. So we decided that you would fly on Monday night after working all day from Atlanta to Houston. And then you would work in Houston and then you would fly again from Houston then to Tampa to prep for the Tampa event. So it was going to be a very crazy, hectic sequence. But you being young and a young gun, we felt like you could handle it. It's it's what drives me, stuff like this. But, but, and this is a big but. I like big butts and I cannot lie. So you... You do the job in Atlanta. We do the job in Vegas. We get it done. It wasn't easy on any aspect. You fly late night to Houston. You you guys do the job in Houston with the Houston crew, and you, you do knock it out of the park. And then on Wednesday, after you've traveled to Tampa now. Via airplane. Via airplane. I get a call from my client saying, the pro golfer from Atlanta had a positive COVID test. And I literally, literally dropped the phone. I was like, you're effing kidding me. So now immediately, immediately, my brain starts to smoke. Like I'm thinking now about holy cannoli. Christian was in Atlanta. He then went to Houston and then he went to Tampa. So he's conceivably a super spreader. Conceivably. And we have, you know, crew in Houston now, crew in Atlanta, and, you know, the uh, the grandpa in Tampa that may have been infected. Right, because he was on set with me as well. He was on set with you. So I start calling everybody and and you know for me as the the producer the the person in charge i the sense of responsibility hit me like a ton of bricks like out of body experience like i'm watching myself making these calls and i'm going oh my god this is like the worst case scenario that i could have imagined and 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 there's still an event to be done in a couple of days from this, you know, positive COVID test. So the logistics, the the the, the bells are going off, the, the rockets are screaming. It's the worst case scenario. I, I could hear it in your voice when you called me. So what was your initial reaction when I called you and told you that? So my initial reaction was disappointment. Uh, I feel, I felt like we, like it was something that, you know, we couldn't have prevented ourselves as a crew, but, um, you know. Well, I, I think what we did, everything that we could do in our control. Right. This was an unexpected monkey wrench that could have been avoided and, I, I take things very personally when like something goes wrong on a, a set because it's just, you know, we, we always dump our passions into these projects. And when I felt that, when I heard that something had gone wrong, which we knew the risk of running the whole time from, you know, pre-pro to, you know, production that this had happened, it was a, 
it was just like almost unimaginable. It's like, is this really happening? Is was when we when we found out that they had tested positive, I just thought, how how could this have been? You know, it's like everything was in line. You know, could this have been prevented? And then I'd realized that I had just traveled twice to two different states, and am I one of the people that's you know raising the cases? And all, all these thoughts just started swarming me. Um, and then I, you know, I kind of let the anxiety of what had just happened or what I had just found out had happened to kind of pass over me. And I, uh, I started to think, all right, well, what, what's the time to do now? How can we, what do we do now? And we start to move forward. And then, you know, I think it was like within 15 minutes, we were on our way to an urgent care to get one, first of many, um, COVID tests. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was a little still surreal by that time, you know, once we had gotten out three hours later of the urgent care that this had happened. But, you know, like I said, from the beginning of the project, that this was something that could have happened. Right. And, and like I said, we, we did, we did what we could to be safe. And it was actually unknown to me that you guys were aware that this person wasn't feeling well on the morning of your shoot in Atlanta. And that wasn't information that I had heard until after the fact. And then when I found out that this person came to the set not feeling well, but sort of ignoring the symptoms, downplaying the severeness of it, it was a little, I was a little angry. I was a little angry because I basically now put all these people, all the crew in in two and a half cities in jeopardy and it was avoidable with a little bit of yeah but it's maybe it was a little bit like we were talking today you know maybe you don't feel well but it do we automatically have to assume it's coronavirus i mean could you just like feel under the weather and it be a cold or you just a little run down from travel i you know? think when you look back at all the circumstances you do have to make a decision and i i'm not going to go into all the specifics about this particular sure. case no, but this this particular instance i felt like it was a risk and that person should have understood that they took the risk and this was the consequence of the risk and not coming to the set would have been the prudent thing to do, given the circumstances. Yeah, I, yeah, I can. I, I think. I, I think you have a point that yes, you could. If you hadn't been out, if you hadn't been with people that may have been infectious, if you hadn't been anywhere where you could have been exposed, I think yes, a cold might not be cause for alarm, but when you had been in those circumstances mm. previously prior to coming to set and then you didn't feel good that's one of those ding 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 ding, ding, ding. ding. so thank goodness that all the crew tested negative all the crew tested negative but it threw the logistics out the window for me out the window making arrangements, rearrangements. Are you saying you got your panties in a bunch? My panties were ripped off at high speed. So I had to make hard and fast decisions. Luckily, none of the crew tested positive, but I still made a decision not to travel. Some of the crew who was, 
who were in that potential exposure, I decided not to put them at further risk and send them to Tampa because they were all supposed to go to Tampa. <laughs> and, you know, these are things that affected the potential outcome of the work. But I was like, we're, we're already spiraling downward. Let's not throw more gas on the fire. I, I basically said to Christian and Lou and, and um, some of the other guys, we're going to have to suck this one up and, and you know do what we can do to make it work without a key component just because we don't want to put people in high-risk brackets at further risk. Sure. And again, luckily, we pulled it off thanks to you, your hard work and, and everyone's talent. We were able to pull off successful events. Everyone has repeatedly tested negative. Now we're back in Atlanta. We've completed the trifecta with with the same golfer. Right. We're back with the same golfer, maybe with a little more distance perhaps. Now we've wrapped the job and we're preparing for the final leg of this road trip. The final leg, Lou, is California. Mm. And California. This is gonna be this is gonna be on you now. The the oh, burden the burden this is a of this workload falls on you because you're now the sole steady cam operator, glide cam operator. So nothing here. can happen to me. Two days in a row for two weeks in a row, you're gonna have to be on your A game. Oh, and, I, and you know that this is our A golfer. I do. And so the A golfer gets the A team. I'm already feeling the pressure from my client because we've had a few hiccups in this event. And look, if, if I explained all of the logistics, all of the nuances of what we're trying to pull off, it's pretty friggin' amazing that we're doing it because there is so much technology, but there's also like eight cooks. And when you have eight cooks in the kitchen, man, stuff is going to burn. So we're now completing phase one. Mm -hmm. We're preparing for phase two. And that means a flying adventure to Southern right. California in the, in the height of the pandemic. Commence pleasure and pain. <laughs> don't, don't you find the, like there's pleasure and pain in this? There's a satisfaction that I think we all get from pulling off something that is challenging. Right. Like, for example, today's challenge, and there's been challenges every time, but today's challenge was a director who gave us no direction. Right. We're on comms. We're running multiple cameras, multiple streams on multiple golf holes, and we can't get, hey, you're on camera now. You're live. Yeah, we were not synced at all. It was like, but, you know, just pretend you're live and just go with it. So, yes, there is a pleasure that when you get done with the job and you know that it went as well as it could go, there were no major, no one died. I think we did a great job pulling it off. But there is satisfaction in coming back and going, yeah, hey, we did it. We held our end of it up and we got it done. So I'm going to raise the little bit of Don Julio 
little private cask that is left, gentlemen, to a successful road trip. Yes, very to much. health and happiness, to a uh, happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And to you guys, cheers. Keep it going. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, I will say farewell. So long. Stay tuned. Goodbye. And we'll see you next time on This Week in Production. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.